This is Deep North, and I'm Steve Ray. I grew up in Minnesota, then left, toured the U.S., backpacked through Europe, and sailed across the Atlantic. While traveling, it appeared that the Minnesota I knew was much different from the one known by the rest of the world. My name is Julian. I am 13 years old. I think it's where a bunch of ships are made. Yeah, yeah, you know, like an old captain sailor ship. Why, why would they be built there? I don't know. This is a show about the nature and culture of MSP, dispelling the myths of Minnesota nice for the urbane side of the cities that the world, country, and even some Minnesotans haven't experienced. Deep North is reaching more ears thanks to TC Agenda, MSP's source for events, breaking news, and all things that make the Twin Cities the best place on Earth. More at tcagenda.com. And in collaboration with Streets.mn, dedicated to a public better informed and engaged on transportation and land use issues. Read more at Streets.mn. This week on Deep North, water. I'm starting to figure out that Minnesotans are pretty proud of it. With over 10,000 lakes and more shoreline than Florida, Hawaii, and California combined, it's hard to find a park without water. The name Minneapolis even comes from a combination of the Dakota Sioux word mini, meaning water, and the Greek word apolis, meaning city. Despite its abundance and the profound connection between Minnesotans and their water, some families in North Minneapolis have been cut off from their river for generations. But with the city's recent acquisition of 48 acres of Mississippi River waterfront, this could change. Deep North's Steve Ray with the story. Through winter, spring, summer, and fall, my apartment's proximity to the Mississippi River is its most redeeming quality. After a day of staring at my laptop, there's no better elixir than a jog along its shoreline. When the beach is flat, the sand and oak shade stretch for miles. When the bank steepens, stairs lead to a bike trail that follows the river, southeast to St. Paul and northwest to downtown Minneapolis. But beyond downtown, at 22nd Avenue, the path stops and the river disappears. This is like being in the Badlands. Michael Cheney is a community organizer and executive director of the North Minneapolis nonprofit Project Sweetie Pie. I'm riding in his truck, pulling a trailer loaded with a snowblower and a lawnmower, two essential tools for Minnesota Spring. Like many organizers, Michael has good ideas, but what's different is that he puts his ideas to practice. When he's not attending a meeting, you may see him tilling a garden working with North Minneapolis students, or tabling an event, always wearing blaze orange. For Michael, we can't talk about food issues without discussing water. So here we go, here's, here's people's access to the river of North Minneapolis. They get to drive over the Lowry Bridge, and I guess there's a river underneath this. We're heading north on Washington Ave. The river is less than two blocks away, but without a map, you would never know it's there. There is no public access, only steel buildings and semi-trucks. Here we are on 36th and 2nd. How's the traffic look over there? But North Minneapolis's relationship with the river is about to change. The city recently acquired a 48-acre stretch of land along the Mississippi known as the Upper Harbor Terminal. What exactly it will become remains uncertain, 
But at the moment, proposals combine an array of residential, commercial, and green space development. But because of the land's recent past, the North Minneapolis community is skeptical. To understand why, here's Alex with a brief history. In the early 1900s, the downtown riverfront was lined with flour mills. To have more space, lumber yards moved north to the current site of the Upper Harbor Terminal. Until the 19-teens, this site acted as a hub for river-to-rail lumber activity. By 1921, northern pine forests were depleted and the sawmills fell silent. After the construction of the St. Anthony Locks and Dams, the Upper Harbor reopened as an industrial port. The port's final tenant, Northern Metals, occupied the space until 2017, when the company was sued and fined for disobeying emission regulations. During their tenure, asthma-related deaths in the neighborhood were 844% greater than the rest of Minnesota. Northern Metals was asked to relocate and pay $2.5 million in damages. Only 600,000 went to Minneapolis. None went to the poisoned residents. So after a century of separation and decades of pollution, we arrive at today and the opportunity to reunite North Minneapolis with the river. My name is Roya Damsos. I am the board chair for Worth Co-op. Worth is a grocery cooperative in North Minneapolis focused on supplying quality food and cooperative ownership to the community. North Minneapolis is um, it's definitely a very diverse community. For people who have lived in North Minneapolis for decades, the Upper Harbor Project represents a paradigm that has become all too familiar. This is the feedback that I've got from a lot of people. There are opportunities that are being offered to this community, but they, they come and go. They profit from it and then they move. An example of it is Northern Metals that they affected the quality of air in this community. But on the other hand, they were saying that we have provided jobs. That is not true either, because majority of people who worked in there come from other communities. I, I know that city has a lot of ideas and a lot of plans, but the implementation does not seem to be benefiting the community in long run. Everything is like, short period of uh, short patches. It's not, it's not long run. Tony, I'm going to park here and then we can get out and walk. This is formerly the site of Northern Medellin. This is the Mississippi, so, you know, from the street you can't even tell that it's here. It feels like we're walking through an abandoned theme park built for giants. The structures appear ancient, but are well-maintained. There's a neat pile of gravel, old machinery, and even the graffiti looks like it was commissioned. And here's been this wonder, natural wonderland that folks have been shut off for, you know, the last, you know, 50, 60 years, you know, since the 60s. And so now here it is, they're going to develop it. We're hoping to, you know, make, do something different. To do something different, Michael has to work with the three city-appointed Upper Harbor stakeholders, United Properties, First Ave Productions, and Thor Development, an African-American-owned design and construction company based in North Minneapolis. Hello? Hey, D'Angelo. Hey, 
How are you? Hey, this is Steve. How are you doing? D'Angelo Svenkison is the Vice President of Development and leader of Thor's commercial real estate investment strategy. One of these investments is the Upper Harbor. We've had uh, a year of development uh, and city and park board-led community engagement. And prior to that, the city and park board had a year of community engagement. Over the last year, Thor has engaged in a half a dozen or so events aimed at better understanding the needs of the community. One of these priorities, offered by Michael Cheney and the North Minneapolis food community, is a commercial food hub. What we have done is set aside two and a half acres for a food or nonprofit hub uh, for innovation. But I'll tell you, it's not easy. Uh, food, especially on an organic uh, community level, is hard to fund. Uh, we have to be cost conscious about what we can really accomplish on site. I think that's where the challenge is about ambitions versus the parameters of uh, the economics. For Thor, United Properties, and First Ave, investments have to be justified fiscally. They are working to find creative revenue streams, but in the U.S., we don't make it easy for human-centric investment. We don't want to just create these boxes where uh, retail giants and stalwarts move in. We want to create space and place for community members. Uh, the restaurant who never had the chance for premium space will get that chance. Uh, the smaller food processor or bicycle repair shop. And so that strategy, as you know, is, is bound by parameters. What are the funding availabilities for that? And, you know, if I'm going to be transparent with you, there aren't a lot. I'm a little suspicious. Roya again from Worth Co-op. I mean, it can be whatever the people want, but in order to become that, a lot of people of this community have to be involved. But the reality is, majority of people in this community are fighting with day-to-day -day basic needs that they have. A lot of them have two, three jobs. A lot of them are struggling with their kids' schools, with health, with so many different things. They're not just sitting there waiting for, <laughs> for such opportunity to happen. They, they don't even think about Upper Harbor. I want everyone to understand that you have United Properties and First Half and Thor, three champions who are, who are willing to roll up their sleeves and figure it out. How can we move them into position to really keep them honest? Michael and I are walking back to the truck, past a steel conveyor belt and river flowing fast. The potential of this space is palpable, but Michael knows from experience to hold off on celebrating. Once you turn the light on, then all the night crawlers get to creepy crawling. So I'm trying to open the light, shine the light on folks, keep it, keep it honest, keep it transparent, and keep it equitable so that everybody's there and that we don't cleverly forget, you know, who paid the price. There's some interesting uh, projects. I just want to make sure that that some of that ownership, a part of that partnership, includes people from this community. It's still early in the Upper Harbor deliberation process. Nothing has been officially decided. But Michael is very clear what he is working for, and that vision is much larger than a two-and-a-half-acre food hub. 
How can we really make it state of the arts, first class, you know, research and development, uh, local regenerative environmental impact center. I'm proposing that we make the environmental movement instead of the gated community that it is and that it has become, that if we really want to make a impact on environmental concerns, we can't just relegate it to a few fancy few, but that we have to make it as common as the air that we breathe. As of the most recent public update, the Development Committee has not decided how much of the site will be a park, if it will include an amphitheater, or what type of housing and businesses will complement the destination. One of the most revealing, telling uh, pieces of history over here, embrazened on the side of this round circular dome, History doesn't repeat itself, we just repeat history. Study the past and keep the future a mystery. Myself personally, I'm interested in investing my time to try to change that historical course. Biking south, away from the upper harbor, the roads are rugged and traffic is industrial. To my right is the freeway, and my left, steel siding. But after only a mile, the streets open up, and I'm riding along the river. Across the Mississippi is Boom Island, where a century ago, floating timber was once sorted. Soon after, I pass the ruins of mills that once ground wheat into flour. Today, the river remains a hub, and is once again being reshaped as a representation of the times. What will our ruins say about the structures we choose? When I was Music by Enjoy the Cat, the Limousine Group, Zach Baltich, and composer Anthony Novak. You can find links to all of them in the show notes. The Upper Harbor story is not complete. It's really just beginning. I'll be returning to the Upper Harbor, and when I do, you'll be the first to hear updates by signing up to the newsletter at deepnorthpodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe and rate on iTunes. We just found out it's important, because if you don't subscribe, then we don't even know people are listening. Thanks to Michael Cheney, Roya Damses, and D'Angelo Svenkinson. There's links to Project Sweetie Pie, Worth Co-op, and Thor Companies, all in the show notes. Sign up for the Upper Harbor City updates at upperharbormpls.com. This was the final episode of Season 1. We're getting ready for Season 2 and have some pretty good ideas. We want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening and being with us throughout the season. But it's not over. So to be the first to hear what's coming next, subscribe to the newsletter at deepnorthpodcast.com. Watch me be Watch me be in.